Welcome to the Entrepreneur Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Chris Wright, and this is your place to get strategies for success in business and in life. Now, let's get straight into the show. Today's guest is the founder of Founder Magazine, the online digital publication for entrepreneurs and early stage startups. Inside this magazine, you will find interviews with some of the top entrepreneurs in the world, including Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Ariana Huffington, Gary Vaynerchuk, and so many more. He started Founder Magazine as he felt there was nothing out there for the early stage startup and novice entrepreneurs. And starting with nothing but a laptop and a fistful of dollars, it's grown into a phenomenal business serving entrepreneurs all over the world. Today we are talking about the journey of Founder Magazine, the ups, the downs, and wow, is there a serious down in there. We talk about the struggles of being a business owner and how to overcome them and so much more. Let me introduce you to Nathan Chan. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. An absolute pleasure, my man. Nathan, I'm super, super excited to have you on the show for all kinds of reasons. I love talking to entrepreneurs, business owners, and even more so when it's someone who is helping other and supporting other entrepreneurs and business owners with their business. So for those of those, for those out there who haven't heard of you, for whatever reason, who haven't heard of Founder Magazine, uh, tell us a tiny little brief thing. What is Founder Mag? Who's it for? And uh, yeah, just give us a bit of background on that. Yeah, sure thing. So um, Founder Magazine, uh, Founder, uh, we're essentially a multifaceted uh, digital media company. Um, we have many different assets, many different channels under the brand. Um, we produce content in many different shapes or forms, uh, physical products now, printed magazines, physical books, digital magazines, then also a series of digital courses, which we're starting to roll out at, at um, a reasonable scale. And also we have a private membership community. We produce audio content, video content, blog content. So I'm going to start getting into events. So yeah, um, that's kind of us. And and the topic is around entrepreneurship and startups and, and business, really. Um, the All of the content that we produce, it has to be extremely actionable. It has to be uh, just really, really good stuff because there is so much of this stuff out there. The only way you can get cut through now is, is to produce good stuff. But what does good stuff look like? Well, stuff that actually helps you, stuff that actually makes a difference, stuff that you can actually take away and utilize and use in your startup or your business, um, you know, any type of piece of content that that is, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what we work towards. Um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of a uh, founder in a nutshell, man. You know, building a business is hard. So I, I thought that, yeah, um, I thought that there was a need for, at first a magazine to produce really awesome content that people could relate to. And then it kind of, uh, things evolved over time and, um, you know, just kind of taking that ethos for what really good content looks like and kind of, um, spun that out across many different types of, of pieces. And, and, you know, the key things that, that you'll find that is, that is different with, founder compared to any other entrepreneurial brand is is the design it always is really really high quality in terms of any content around interviews it's really really high quality with really really hard to reach people 
and the content is always extremely actionable. Now, I know that might sound kind of vague and it's hard to describe, but um, it's just one of those things that we've really kind of worked on perfecting and we're still, you know, it's it's just a never-ending thing that we keep trying to get better and better at. But, you know, if you, if you do look at any of our pieces of content, I am confident that you will notice a difference. 100% agree. And that you, from what you've talked about there, Nathan, there's kind of, you've kind of given me like three or four questions immediately to kind of uh, bring up, but I want to kind of, and I'm going to come back around to them. So, but what I want to do first is, as you said, building a business is like freaking hard, Nathan, right? And there's lots of people that have made that leap from full-time employment into setting up the business on the side, or maybe they've just gone straight into like full on, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to do this. Can you talk us through your journey mm. and, and how you, you know, how you made that leap, how you started, found or what, and just the kind of what happened there? What was the process? Yeah, so um, to be honest, man, I, I never really um, had an aspiration to be an entrepreneur or founder, actually, um, for a very, very long time. It's only probably about, I'd say maybe or six years ago, okay. probably about six years ago, um, it kind of hit me. And, you know, till then, um, I just kind of did what I was told. Uh, you know, <laughs> nice. go to school, get a good job. Uh, we'll try to get a good job and try to get good grades. But uh, that didn't really – I wasn't really that good at that kind of academic stuff. Um, just kind of scraped by and just kind of scraped by getting a job and then found myself, you know, stuck in a, a doing work that I wasn't really fulfilled with and didn't really enjoy and just that basic premise of, of what would what would life look like if I did work that I enjoy uh, kind of got me here to this to this point now. Um, so, you know, I started to, to look into all sorts of different things at first. Um, so, you know, I, I had um, I, you know, went to uni, did a, a IT degree and then ended up getting a job full time in IT and just really hated it. And then I did a trip to Europe in 2010 um, for like a six-week kind of trip all around Europe. And, man, it was the best trip ever. And pretty much um, I just was dreading going back to work so badly and I realized to myself that um, if I'm dreading it this much, something's got to change. Yeah, right. So so I said to myself, I really enjoyed doing marketing electives at uh, university. I might I, I might try and get back and, and do, do a master's of marketing perhaps. And then I saw an ad uh, a full page ad in the like the newspaper that they give away for free called the MX or when I was catching a train home from work one day and they had a like a showing or you know kind of open day and I was like yeah I'm gonna go to that and um yeah I went to it and had a chat with like the you know the the um the guy that does the selections and he was like the the head guy of that mark of the marketing department of of all the you know the marketing degree and he said he thinks I'll be a great fit, and I applied, and I got in, and, and I started doing that part-time. But still at that stage, um, so I was still working my full-time job and then doing the, the Masters of Marketing, just two electives um, after hours, you know, after work. And still at that time, you know, I, I didn't um, – had any idea that I was going to, you know, build founder or build a business or anything of the sort. And as time went on doing that uh, marketing degree, I, I started to read a lot of books, you know. And um, one book that I got my hands on was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and it was just absolute game-changer, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I started doing that um, Masters of Marketing in 2010. I finished that in 2012. 
And by about 2012, I was looking for a marketing job. No one would hire me and um, not even the company that I worked at. So I, I left that company that I was working at. That was my first full-time job and I went to another company. It was an incredible company, amazing culture. It was a travel company called Intrepid Travel. But still working in IT and, and I thought because I was at a big company now that I might be able to move across. And unfortunately, um, yeah, just, just still couldn't crack it. No one would give me a shot in marketing. So I was like, you know what, um, maybe I might create my own little project to, to uh, you know, just have some fun and, and market it. And, and, you know, I read that four-hour work week, so maybe that was a bit of a pipe dream that I could build a business and, and kind of work for myself. And, and that little pipe dream project on the on the side with no intention of doing anything, uh, you know, no, <laughs> with 100x whatever, you know, I started, you know, 1,000x or Absolutely. You know, the, the vision, you know, to what it is now. But that, that little project was founder. Amazing. And, um, yeah, it was actually originally going to be because uh, digital magazine, so like you know, it was like a monthly subscription, and and originally it was actually going to be so it just started launched the magazine on the App Store, was on Google Play, um, you know, the first first version, the first issue of Founder magazine wasn't even called Founder, I was called something else, but then we were sued for trademark infringement by yeah. one of the biggest business magazines in the states. So that was the first four so, months. So can I, like, can I just pause you there, Nathan? Do you mind if I just jump yeah, in? Cause I just want to, because there's a few things there that I want people to pick up on. I really want to kind of like, uh, like stress that. First of all, like you, you, you've had that moment of realization of, you know what, if I really am like not looking forward to going back to work, like I've got, something's got to change. Right. And I think a lot of people get stuck in the mindset of they, they hate what they're doing. Like people like, like, they call it like the Sunday blues, right? They're like absolutely hating going back to work on a Monday morning. They hate what they do and they feel like they're stuck. Um, and then what you've done is you've shown that actually, look, yes, it took me doing, you know, uh, a, a degree on the side. It took me doing these extra bits on the side, but it was possible to work yourself out of that situation. And in fact, just took control by, because no one would hire you, by setting up your own your own project. And I think people get so stuck in the idea that they have to be at, at the job that they don't like. They almost don't, they don't allow themselves to think, you know, what if I do something different? Um, what would you say to those people who are in that moment of fear, I guess is the way to say it, that, that moment of feeling stuck? Mm, well, man, you can do side hustle, bro. And that's what I did, man. That's that's, that's how I recommend everyone does it. Nice. Um, if you're working in a startup, I don't really recommend it because, yeah, it's, it's a little different. Because you get the kind of juice that you get from starting a business yourself, but you yes. don't have to make all the sacrifices and stuff. Yes. But if you're working in a big company, yeah, man, you work nine to five. Like, yeah, just do a side hustle. Start on the side. No risk whatsoever. Spend, you know, allocate in your budget if you can afford it a couple of thousand dollars, which I believe most people can. Um, I agree. If, if, if you're my age or your age, you know, we you know, we, we travel, man, and like, you know, like you, you can you can save up a couple of grand to, to start like a little side hustle and get a website and a few bits and pieces, um, you know, maybe do a course or something. I don't I don't know. It just depends what kind of business it is or what really tickles your fancy. But just, you know, save a bit of money and, and, and do a side hustle and, and just be prepared to fail and don't think of it as – anything that's going to be this big you know thing that's going to get you out just just do it for for the sake 
of looking for work that that really inspires you that that you're passionate about and that's what i did man and i got lucky that i i fell in love with the process that i that i fell in love with with the market you know first the magazine was going to be um around horse racing man um, <laughs> i did not know that i've not heard that before yeah yeah, so Feather Magazine was going to be around horse racing, dude. I was going to do it with my housemate, and um, he got a job uh, as a racing journalist, and he couldn't do any side gigs. So um, that, that that was the end of that. And then I was like, oh, you know, like I was, I had all these other different ideas and stuff, and I was like, oh, you know, what if I just did a just a magazine on on startups and entrepreneurship? But I don't know if there's like something really that I can relate to. Um, and I checked out, you know, other business magazines. I was like, yeah, look, let's just do this for fun, see what happens. And yeah, and then it just kind of took off, man. And and then the rest was kind of history. Amazing. I I I'd never heard that before. The first the first idea was going to be a horse uh, horse racing magazine, and I guess that kind of shows like the first idea might not always be the one that you you end up sticking with. So uh, I really like that. And uh, talk to us about, right, like like if I'm thinking about people, when I talk to business owners and their biggest fears, right, they're like, oh, I'm not going to set up a business, there's too much risk or whatever. Like getting sued by a fairly major company has to be quite high up there on the things of that's what I'm fearing, right? For it to then actually happen to you, Nathan, how did you feel in that moment? Like talk to us about that, like that moment of, oh, crap, whatever it was, like talk us through that moment. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty rough, man. It was good learning lesson. Um, I bet. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm, I'm thankful for it to be honest, because um, the original name of the magazine was pretty crappy. The new name's <laughs> quite strong. I like it now. Good. Um, so, so yeah, found a good name. A lot of people complimented. Uh, so yeah, it's strong, man. Uh, it's only it's taken a while too to like get the domain and all these other things like founder.com that is and stuff. But yeah. Um, and even just all the social media handles, but it was worth it in the end. And um, anyways, like I'll never forget, right? Like I, I was, you know, I was in my hustle mode, so it was like four months in and I was starting to get into the groove of of uh, working late yep. and getting up early nice. to, 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 to work on the side hustle, right? And um, I woke up early. And I got an email um, on my computer, on my laptop. So that's the first thing I do. I check my emails for founder and uh, at you know the magazine at the time. And and um, you know I got an email saying like you know um, important email, um, you know uh, you know you know Chan versus the company's name. That was the subject line. And um, I was just like, oh, what's this? And the guy was just like, oh, hey Nathan, uh, my name is X, Y, and Z. Um, I work for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, I, if you didn't know, you're being sued by X, Y, and Z for trademark infringement. Um, he's like, I, I've got a really good, um, withstand, like I, I was mentored by the judge, uh, in Dallas, Texas, uh, which is where you're being sued. Um, you know, I think we've got a good case here. Like, uh, just get in touch if you'd like my help. I think I can really help you. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this? Is this like? spam is this legit like is this real yeah 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 and it took me like a good week to work out whether it was legit or not it turned out it was and i got served in the mail and yeah you know that was really stressful times for me man like extremely stressful traumatic times um i never wish that upon anybody i'll never forget how that felt um so yeah was, it was really was tough was there dude. a moment of 
I'm going to quit. Like I've had, like I'm four months in, I've already had enough with this. I'm going to go back and get a job. Was there ever that moment? Mm, not sure. I can't remember at the time. Um, I think it was more like, um, I don't want to, them to sue me because I got no money. Sure, sure. Like, yeah. Thinking back, thinking back, it's kind of funny because I remember one of my mentors was like, "Well, oh, man, what's the worst that can happen if you got no money? They can't take anything else from you." Yep. True story. <laughs> and looking back, he was right. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because. It's one of those things where retrospect's just, you know, it's a beautiful thing, right? So Absolutely. if I knew only now, you know, like I wouldn't have been so stressed out. But anyone that's been sued your first time, I don't know, I don't care who it is, even if you know, you run a big, big company, you know, turns over tens of millions of dollars every year, you still, it's not a nice feeling because Absolutely. it's it's the thought that someone's coming after you, and you don't have the power or it's not in your control, so you're gonna have to rely on other people to save you or help you. Um, and yeah, it's like you feel under threat for sure. So yeah. And you managed to come out obviously positively on the other side of that. Like you are here, you've now found it was the, the thing that came out of that moment, out of that negative, uh, moment in your business. So I uh, can only be, well, as you said, you're very thankful that that's actually happened because it's got you to where you are now. Right. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So, um, yeah, like we just changed the name and it and, all went away and cracked on. Awesome. Um, I want to go back to something that you said. Um, I mean, like you, you talk about business being hard, right? At the beginning you said business is hard. And like, as we've covered, I, I don't know if it is, I don't know if being sued was like the worst moment in your business, but talk us about any other, have there been any other struggles with growing the business with like with throughout the whole journey? Are there any struggles that you've been like, well, that was one struggle that like, I think a lot of people can learn from. And like, uh, how, how did you overcome that? Yeah, um, there's been heaps of struggles, man. Nice. Um, probably one that I could draw upon that's, you know, probably the most recent, um, like, big one that comes to mind that's still kind of forefront of mind is, and we're only starting to, to um, push through this ro- uh, roadblock, was around scaling, Yes. Um, it's it's actually quite difficult to scale a company because you scale through people. Yep. And even if you have the best people in the world, you know, you need to be a great leader and you need to know how to align a team around a goal and a vision. And, and yeah, that's very difficult, dude, getting the right people on the bus um, and, and being able to scale a company and being a great leader. So there are um, things that I've had to learn over this past – I'd say a good couple of years and I'm and I'm only starting to get like I'm only starting to see after a good couple of years like um like like moving past that 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 hurdle that that we faced around just just how do we scale this thing like we've got really good traction we've got a strong brand how do we like blow it up even further and and you scale with people and uh, managing people is very very difficult I reckon I don't know being in the thick of it right now I reckon I reckon scaling a company and doing the stuff I'm doing now is actually much harder than starting, bro. I reckon starting, to be honest, is easy. Um, what I think now is difficult is uh, managing people and scaling a company. 
so yeah, for me, you know, maybe when I look back on this, scaling might be easy, but right Absolutely. now it's actually quite difficult. Um, so that's that's a, quite a challenge. Um, yeah, just challenge with with people, challenge with all sorts of things, right? Like, um, you know, part like I. I I, I've I've been lucky that we've had some really really good business partnerships, but we've had some that haven't worked out the best. You know, like always struggle. You know, with all sorts of things. Cash flow, cash flow is pretty good for a business like ours, but still, you know, sometimes it can be it can be like you know pretty stressful because um, you know we've got a ton of stuff and you know we've got wages and all sorts of things and we don't have as much recurring revenue as I would like in our business which is something we're working on changing so like yeah heaps of stuff man like it's yeah there's been heaps of um, things I can go deeper on any of those if you'd like I'm, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take you deeper in a, in a second on one of those I think that the thing for me the reason I asked this question Nathan is because I think so many people um, they almost see the all the good stuff that happens right and and they're like oh they, they're making it look easy uh, and I think it's nice to hear and it sounds horrible doesn't it Nathan but it's nice to hear someone else has those same struggles those same things that that you're going through in your business and to hear you say you know what like uh, you know as you being the leader like the 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 difficulty over the last few years has been to scale because of you know me as a leader because of being able to align a team around those um, different things I think that's huge and I think there's a lot of people who are perhaps in that they I'm going to use the word self-employed or solopreneur I hear thrown around a lot like they've started they've grown a business to you know a sort of a good size but now they want to take it to that next level and they know that next level means hiring a team right and that's always that next terrifying terrifying moment so how for you um in the in the last couple of years do you feel you've developed as a leader what are the qualities or or things that you've developed and and how have you gone away and developed those how did you know to go find i need to become better at this or whatever it was mm. yeah great question chris um so it's something that i'm always working on i think you know leadership is 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 more an art not a science and sure. it's something that um will you know continue to grow for the rest of my life um as a leader and to continue to develop. So what are the things that I'm doing right now actively to, to scale founder and to align the team and, and, uh, to be a great leader? Um, well, I'm asking really, really like smart people that I admire that have built big companies, um, how they're doing it, not just on the podcast, but I have a series of mentors that I learned from, um, one in particular that I speak to almost on a daily basis and he's teaching me everything he knows from building, you know, like a hundred million dollar plus annual recurring revenue business. Um, so, and you know, um, Nathan, let me just jump. Is that a, is that like a, um, you know, a professional agreement you've gone and hired him as a mentor? Is it someone you just reached out to and said, Hey, I, I need some help. Like, are you willing to no, mentor me? No, yeah, no, no, this is like an actual, like a professional agreement. Like awesome. I pay this person for their time. Perfect. Yeah. I think I, that's very, very key to a uh, very, very key to distinguish. Like you can get mentors, man, that you can catch up with every quarter or whatever, or every, every few months, which I have those as well. But I actually have a, a mentor slash business coach, who like actually is, is like a legit founder who's built some like a very very big business and he just does coaching for fun yeah, nice. um and, and, he, and yeah like 
yeah, he's a very, very smart guy. He's been doing this stuff for 15 years. So I'm, I'm learning from his mistakes and I'm, I'm constantly picking his brain, speaking to him every day. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a key thing to distinguish. I'm prepared to pay somebody. I'm prepared to pay to learn. And, you know, uh, I'm talking a lot of money invested every single year now to, to learn from not just him, but all sorts of people and all sorts, you know, all sorts of education and, ridiculous amounts i'm listening to podcasts relentlessly man i'm part of like a kind of like a entrepreneur group or business group called eo entrepreneur entrepreneurs organization so i think it's like called entrepreneur entrepreneurs it's um created by a guy called Vern harnish who wrote the book scaling up very very smart guy um, so that's an incredible organization. So I'm learning from that business group and yeah, I'm learning, I'm catching up and meeting new people every single week. So across all those things also, I don't read as many books as I would like, but yeah, across all those certain things, interviewing people myself, extremely smart founders and just being extremely selfish and just asking the questions that I want to know the answers to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. With. Having, having mentors plus, you know, a mentor in particular that I pay for his time investing in investing in you know a really really high level business group that costs you know a lot of money every yep. single year um and then catching up with people that you know uh, you know I, I admire or friends with that are very very smart i have many smart friends as well that, that are doing incredibly well and then um you know listening to podcasts as as well and I, I think I should say this because I don't want to say like, it, you know, the way I'm saying it, it's kind of like, oh, you know, do this. I, like I'm privileged. Please understand I started from nothing, Chris. I had no network. I knew no one. Yeah. I've actually literally built this thing from scratch with $2,000 into, you know, a multi-million dollar annual revenue company yeah. um, and in about four years. So I, I've built it, like my networks and my connections from the ground up as well. And would you say the networking connections have allowed you to take your business to that next level? Are they they part of the reason that's allowed you to take it to that level? Yeah, 100%, man. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that people can take away, right, is is that um, really, really smart founders, this is something I'm learning, is really, really smart founders, um, if they want to do something, they um, they go and, and find someone else that's doing it, like, that, that can help them. Um, so that's what you got to do, man. Like if you want to know how to master Instagram, go and find someone that's doing it. You either buy their course that's very, very good at it, or you become friends with them or you somehow get in touch with them and speak to them and learn from them. Um, that's how really, really smart people do it. That's, you know, how, how I'm doing it. You know, we want to master, uh, online marketing funnels. We're not masterful at it yet, but you know, we're, we're certainly hiring con- really, really smart contractors to do the work for us and we're learning and we're getting in consultants and, and I'm also speaking to really, really smart people that do it all day, every day as well. Um, and then I'm listening to podcasts and I'm reading books about it and I'm getting our, our whole team to read books about it and, and watch content and do training courses and like it, it has to be an obsession, right? Like, you Absolutely. know, you can't master everything. So you either hire it or you learn you learn yourself or you you know um train up your team internally um so almost yeah, immerse yourself immerse yourself in that thing that's going to help you take you to that next level right yeah 100 percent. but yeah also a shortcut is to speak to people that have done it. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i like that i like the shortcut and i think like as you said just like 
uh, going back to the same thing, you said right now, the thing you're finding difficult is that scaling through people, right? And starting would now seem easy. And I think as you as you progress through each stage, as you said, you might in, you know, in two years time, you might look at that scaling stage and go, that's easy compared to what I'm dealing with now. Right. And I think so many people are going through those different levels, those different things of, oh, that seems too scary. That's quite difficult. I don't know what to do. And actually, from what you've just said, Nathan, the key is go find people, um, go learn or hire them in and get those the skills and the knowledge that you need to be able to do those things. Like it's, it's not, I'm going to say it's not rocket science. It's just getting the right people around you and the right knowledge for you to be able to do that. Does that kind of make sense? If I kind of sum that up, is that kind of... Yeah, 100%, man. Like now, like Founder wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for the really, really smart people like in our team and around me that that's, that's helping bring this vision to life, right? Like, yes. like you know, I you, you look at the Elon Musk or the Steve Jobs and, and they, they didn't get there like just off their own bat. They got there as well because of the really, really smart people around them that they utilized. And that's, yeah, that's that's a key takeaway as well. Nice. Awesome. I'm not special or awesome, man. I just take I mean, you're, risks. You're fairly awesome, Nathan, yeah. but let's, that's okay. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, man. Totally. I'm not going to eat, drink my own Kool-Aid and be like, yeah, I'm like, you know, like I'm only, I can do it. I think anyone can do it. You've 100%. just got to be prepared to take risks and want it bad enough. 100%, 100%. And I think, look, there's, and I know you get asked this question a lot, but I think there's, yeah, this is some, so many lessons in what, um, the answer to the, to the question I'm about to ask you, look, you, you went out and I don't know if you've heard, like we talk about the dream 100 within our company, right? Who are the hundred people that we want to, um, get around us? Who are the hundred people that could, you know, dream clients or whatever it is, right? Um, who would make the biggest difference to our business. And of those Dream 100, you go off and you launch your first magazine and you have Richard Branson on the on the first, on the cover of the first magazine. It's like getting your number one person on go one, right? Um, and I think a lot of people will kind of look at that and go, well, well, well done. How did he do that? Like, and they kind of almost dismiss it. But do you mind just taking a couple of minutes just to share that journey? Because I know what went into getting that to making that happen. And I don't think a lot of people can learn lessons from it. So like, let me just ask you, how did you get Richard Branson on that first issue? Yeah, look, with full transparency, man, he wasn't on the first issue, bro. I'm not sure um, oh, why my, you thought that. Sorry, I'm on issue number eight. Issue number he was eight. On issue sorry. number eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just about to, um, like, uh, we just redone that issue, and we're gonna start printing it. Nice, fantastic. Okay, well, let, let me ask you this: How did you get him on any issue? Like, that's a huge person to have on the front of your magazine. How did you get him there? How did you get? I guess the answer is: question is, how did you get all of the amazing people that you get on your, uh, on your, on your magazines? Yeah, so I think one thing um, I was lucky enough to realize is is having a magazine, publishing a magazine actually has a strong amount of credibility and rapport. So. What that does is it just it just automatically um, allows you to knock down some doors that sometimes might be seem difficult if you were you know the average punter. Sure. So um, one thing that I identified very quickly was um, you if if you have a magazine um, like so first of all. Richard Branson, getting the interview with Richard Branson was a springboard for allowed to which was what allowed us to, you know, kind of um, 
get interviews with all sorts of other influential entrepreneurs and startup founders in this space. Um, so first of all, the the first piece of the puzzle is to get one hard to reach person. Once you get that one hard to reach person on the front cover, then it, it becomes easier. Yes, it's kind of like when you get your first client for your first product. You know, once you get that that first client, and you know, you get them an awesome, you get them an amazing result, and you have those case studies and testimonials from that first client then you go and get it from the second one and it just gets easier and easier every time so to answer your question around how we got the you know all these other people like you know list goes on tim ferris seth Godin, and ariana huffington barbara corcoran like damon john um insane amounts of really really smart founders and, and well-known you know rock stars and influencers in our industry that's how we've done it just just kind of building that momentum and then building up an audience at the same time. But the tipping point was with Richard Branson. And and first it was having a magazine with full transparency. That's um, a key differentiator that's, that's been very, very strong for us to get yep. that cut through. Second thing is um, I found the gatekeeper and spoke to the right person. Um, I think that's very, very key. Um, you can't just send an email to Virgin Support and say, how do I interview Richard <laughs> Branson? Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, you've actually got to have the confidence to pitch too, man. Absolutely. Like, a lot of people don't have that confidence to pitch. It took me ages to build up the courage to do that shit, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, you know, I, I pitched in um, month number four. So just locked got down you. the interview um, after I got sued. Right. Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that was all good. Anyways, um, so you got to find the gatekeeper. you got to find the right person to speak to. And then from there, you know, I, I wrote a really, really good email and uh, played on the fact that his first business venture was, in fact, a student magazine. And I also uh, played on the fact that, um, you know, that, uh, you know, we, 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 we service early stage young entrepreneurs, like that's our target market. And, um, you know, he does a lot of stuff for fueling the entrepreneurial economy. So, um, and, and, you know, kickstarters and, and people that are just starting out so um yeah that's kind of how we played on it and uh he said yes and uh you know i i never forget i pitched his head of pr and and you know made a lot of phone calls that was another thing you've definitely got to make phone calls man it's not about actually doing you know email after email after email because just people get it all the time like like we get so many emails now not one person has called me up ever to, to pitch me um so, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like maybe a couple have, but very very rarely. So, yeah, that's where it's at too. You know, getting on the phone and and um, you're getting that cut through. And then, yeah, you know, I just asked and and um, yeah, I pitched for a Skype interview and they said um, could only do email and took the email, ran with it, sent him a whole ton of really cool questions around how he started and built his empire, and they were really really good answers. And uh, yeah, we produced a feature story on it, and the rest is history, man. Nice, I love it. And the the reason I wanted to uh, to ask that Nathan is because there's you were talking about you and, and and getting Richard Branson and the other influencers on there, but really like for anyone, as you said, anyone who's going after client number one, client number two in their business, right? Irrelevant of the industry they're in, like there are some key things, right? As you said, you said like well, you made phone calls, you got to the gatekeeper, which is the key thing, right? Don't just, as you said, don't just go onto the website and email their contact form, like go and find out who the people are and pitch to the people, right? Your set pit sales is people to people. Um, have confidence to make the pitch, right? Like, so there's some key lessons in there that I want all 
entrepreneurs, all business owners to take away, not just think, oh, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not going after Richard Branson. If you're going after client number one, it may be terrifying going after them, you know, whoever they are, right? So it's that first kind of process, right? Let's dive into it. It takes some work. It takes some time. Like dive in, find the right people to speak to, go and pitch to them. And you know what? If they say no, going to the next person on the list, right? Like go to the next person. That uh, After you get that first hard to reach person, the next client becomes easier. The next person becomes easier after that. Does that kind of make sense, Nathan? Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Um, cool. So one uh, one question I wanted to uh, ask you, Nathan, uh, before we kind of start to wrap things up was, look, you've interviewed so many amazing people, right? Uh, but not, you know, some of those incredibly, as you say, hard to reach people, but also like you've got a community of uh, business owners, of entrepreneurs uh, around you. What do you see are the like the, the, the biggest struggles that entrepreneurs and business owners are having? Um, and how do you, you know, let me just ask you that. What is the biggest struggle that you see that entrepreneurs and startups are having right now? Mm, what stage? Oh, let's, let's go with early startup. Let's go with they've just launched. Um, they're in that exciting phase of, right, I've launched. I'm good to go. But then they're like, OK, then then those struggles that hit just then. Yeah. So the biggest thing if you're at that stage is twofold. One knowing like like finding product market fit so actually like nailing the product that people really care about it yeah people might you know a few people might pay for it but it it does it's not really taking off yeah one thing i've um noticed is if you have a really really good product um you know it's not as hard to sell as you might think you're not clawing at straws to try and sell it sure um and that comes down to really knowing your customer avatar and who, you, who you're targeting and, and really understanding um, what it is that makes that person tick and speaking to them and, and really solving a, a deep problem. I think a lot of people uh, create vitamin products where it's just kind of like, you know, you, you, like with the vitamin, you have it as a preventative or you just kind of have it as like, you know, just to kind of maintain good health yeah but the best kind of products are painkillers man the ones that you know if you got a headache you get a panadol right? yes. like it's you know, you know what i mean so so that's one thing I, I'm, I'm i definitely notice is is people they haven't really nailed that that product and they haven't really thought about it as as um you know as deep or or, or gone about it you know the way i've described it i think that's something and you know we're guilty of this um, like we're guilty of this too you know we've, we've launched products that aren't painkiller products but now going forward we only launch painkiller products and the way we work it out is from a series of surveys and we ask people literally we ask our whole database what's your biggest struggle right now and then they'll tell us through surveys and then you know we we work out what what product to create usually now it's it's an online course we're working on all sorts of other products physical products you name it but you know, if it's an online, if it's an online course from, you know, from a survey, we, you know, create an online course and then we find someone really, really smart to teach it that's an expert and then, you know, we pre-sell it. You know, we, you know, I think that's one of the best ways to validate a product is Absolutely. to sell it before you even create it. So you've got a painkiller, you've got a painkiller product uh, and you've got a pain, you've got a, you know, a painkiller uh, solution or product and then you're pre-selling it to really, really validate it. And then from there, you know, you 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 you're already at pro like you know you you hopefully it'd be a break even or you know you validate it because one of the best ways to validate a product is is getting someone to pay for it, their credit card or whatever, and 
then you you know you've got a good product right and you've got to you know market it and then i think that's the next piece that i see a lot of people struggle with as well is they they're just not good marketers man they just um really really struggle so they might have an amazing product but they really struggle to get into the hands of other people um you know especially if we're talking people just starting and let's assume it's an online business yep um like oh man it's a wild wild west out there dude like you know one person saying use facebook ads one person saying you know like us use instagram one yep. person saying uh, do blogging another person saying podcast another person saying you know pinterest another person saying you know cold calls like it's just so much stuff out there how do you know what to trust how do you know what to follow how do you know what channel to choose there's so many it's all so intimidating um you know i'm not good at marketing i don't know how to write copy i you know i don't i don't know design how do i get a designer like yeah that that part i see a lot of people struggle with as well it's very very difficult nice so uh, the term painkiller product i I love that i've not really i've not heard it from that point of view but that that explanation was fantastic so if you've got a painkiller product that's like kind of that's step one and and i think a lot of people nathan they have a product that could be a painkiller product but they're not marketing it in a way that is a painkiller product if that makes sense like often people have services and i'm like yeah but that's you're not in the way you're pitching it you're not solving the problem right and then you just change as you said the marketing of it and actually you've suddenly got a whole different a whole different ball game as it were Mm. and and one thing that nathan that was awesome thank you for sharing that that was that's really powerful i think there's little lessons in there for people there and uh, one thing i just want to quickly share with people is right at the beginning nathan you said you were a digital media company and i think more and more from what i've seen over the last even just year nathan with founder is you've gone from like we're a magazine company to actually like from what you guys do with courses with uh, community like there is so much more to you than than the magazine it, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong Nathan I don't want to kind of kind of like step on on your toes but you are a true what I would say media publishing company and I think more people need to take lessons from what you guys are doing right and just observe you guys and see look you, you yes you do your magazine but that is one aspect of what you guys do you have your Instagram you have your Facebook you you have courses you have community does that, is that kind of fair for me to say, Nathan? Is that a process that you've kind of a transition that you've gone through? Has it always been that way, or is that just something that you've kind of developed over the last couple of years? Oh, definitely been something that's developed over the past couple of years, and um, it just comes down to looking at, you know, I, I'm looking at our industry, right? So I'm looking at, you know, other magazine publishing companies. I'm looking at companies that inspire me, and I'm looking at and I'm listening more than anything to what our audience is telling us and I'm looking at opportunities, dude. So, you know, um, I'll, I'll tell you something that, that really excites me. Go for uh, it. I'll tell you yes. something that really, really excites me um, that, that we're working on right now. So I alluded and mentioned that we're starting to re, um, repackage the Branson issue with the same, like same content, but putting in some other pieces and, and packaging it around solving, you know, like, I'm I'm banking enough of a painkiller problem, or we can, we can we can we can add enough features, enough benefits that it'll it'll be something that people want. That I, I believe it'll do well. Okay, so we're repackaging the Branson issue. Um, you know, we're gonna have you know, so same content for the Branson story, but we're gonna print it, right? And we yep. put in other 
you know, we've put in other magazine features and pieces of content that we've published before and some other issues. So we've just kind of curated it all together. And the customer avatar we're going after is is um, exactly what you described, the, the one that you asked me, which I, I see to be quite common where it's someone that started a business. So they've just launched, maybe they've got, you know, a few customers, but like, they don't know how to scale or not even scale, but, but how do they get more customers? So that magazine issue with, we're going to hit like in that magazine issue, you're going to get stuff on outsourcing. You're going to get stuff on profitability levers. You're going to get stuff on culture. You're going to get stuff on team building. You're going to get all these pieces of the puzzle that, you know, you might be interested in. And we're hoping, and I know this one bank, we've got to test it. But I'm hoping that, that that magazine issue, when we print it, it's beautifully designed. It's like the content is so awesome that we can package it enough that um, package it up that people are interested. And what we're going to do is instead of charge for it, we're going to give it away for free. We're going to do a free plus shipping funnel. Amazing. And from there, you know, we're going to have a series of upsells great and from those upsells you know they're going to be solving other problems that the people have and this will essentially be a really really strong front end funnel to um you know somebody that might be in in our ecosystem um but might not have purchased any of our products and this is just a great way to introduce people to our products and everything that we do and um you know i think we can acquire a customer at scale uh at a profit 100 um, so you know, this is just one example where I've looked at other markets and I've gone, yep, okay, well, you know, I look at, you know, all these other free plus shipping funnels with, with you know, supplements or even people that do books and stuff. And yep. I'm like, you know what, we could blow this out of the water. This is a really, really smart move for us. We need some really strong front end funnels. I think this will be a strong front end funnel. Um, so this is a, this is a good opportunity and we've already got the content there. We, we do, I believe magazines, you know, in terms of the entrepreneur space magazine, some of the best in the world Definitely. around the content and the design. So, you know, what we will do is we will, you know, print the magazines. Um, you know, we, that's, that's easy done. We've, we've done that with the book, founder version 1.0 that we crowdfunded through Kickstarter. And then what we'll do is we'll use we'll, we'll mix together the combination of physical product on the front end because I believe physical products are easier to sell than digital products. Yeah. And then and on the upsells, we will use uh, digital products as the upsells because in terms of as a product, digital products are you know 100% profit margin. Yeah. So physical products on the front end easier to sell than as upsells digital products. Um, you know, just like Vistaprint do it with with their upsell process 100%. with digital products, and yeah, I think that funnel is going to do really well. So how did I, you know, work that out? I looked at other industries, I looked at other markets. Same with the courses stuff. You know, like I, I didn't think that we'd ever get into courses, but it just kind of happened that way because people kept asking me, you know, with this Instagram stuff, do we consult? And I was like, no, I don't want to do consulting. I've got a founder. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, do you guys have a course on it or something? And I was like, no, and you know. It all started from a blog post that went viral. And, you know, from there, you know, we, we created, created this course and made us a lot of money and it did really, really well. And then, you know, I was like, okay, well, what, what other courses can we create? And we just sent out a survey and then people want to know about e-commerce or all these other things, right? So now what we do is we find experts to, you know, teach these courses and do, you know, uh, partnership deals. And, and you know, I want to do that at scale. 
on and that will be our back end bro so we're you know we've got the podcast we've got the magazine front end we've got the blog with the social content and then we have you know some of these front end funnels we'll start to print a few different uh, magazine issues actually targeting certain customer avatars so you know for this one it might be you know people that have you know launched a business um that are post customer um, you know, we might have another one where it's just, just like a, the female founder series, um, yeah, which nice. is just like 20 different female founders on the front cover, you know, that's going to attract a certain kind of target audience. So we'll use these magazines as a front end to attract certain types of entrepreneurs and founders that, that I believe are, are great, great people that our products and services can help. So, you know, then, you know, I've got the course platform, you know, I want us to have at least 20 to 30 courses by the end of next year. Amazing. Like really, really high, high ticket, you know, not high ticket, like high quality uh, courses like masterclass.com. Yeah, that's a company yeah. that inspires me. You know, that's what I'm looking at modeling. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of looking at, at all these other, you know, companies and bits and pieces. And I'm just kind of taking ideas from that and, and, and matching it up to what feels right. And, you know, putting my ear to the ground, listening to what our audience is saying. And then it's just kind of, you know, we've got that brand. It would be silly for me to create you know, a whole nother company. I'm not going to create a whole nother company named something else with courses. I'm not going to create a whole nother company with, you know, that does books. Like it yeah. just makes sense to put it all under founder and that's what we'll keep doing, dude. We'll just keep producing really, really great products that our audience loves and um, that, 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 you know, has that painkiller solution, Absolutely. Um, whatever it is. And as long as we keep doing that, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's strong. Uh, I, dude there is <laughs> i'm sat here like taking notes smiling because i'm like for everyone listening we're hearing like thank you first of all let me just say thank you for sharing like the kind of the plans and the goals for what you're going to be doing with founder first of all that's i think that's huge and i appreciate that a lot and people listening should be listening to that and i hope you guys listening are, are going okay that's nathan that's what nathan's doing and they're asking themselves the question how can i apply that to my business because that's the key for me and one thing I always tell people to do, Nathan, I'm sure you've done the same sort of thing is like go and actually go through those funnels, right? So when Nathan, when you launch that with that magazine, I want everyone to go through it because like not only are they going to get incredible content and, and like information from it, but also they get to see what you're doing, right? And, you know, they get to see how those funnels work and they can learn from what you're doing and get the great content at the same time. Like it's a freaking win-win for them, Nathan. So um, like, let us know as soon as that goes live and we'll put that out and make sure people are seeing that because I want people to go through that and, uh, and it, as I say, get the content and get the uh, the kind of the process that they're being taken through as well. Mm, yeah, 100%, man. Like, I think uh, there's a lot to be said by looking at what other companies are doing in different industries and, and trying to model. So, um, you know, I did a lot of research on what a successful publishing company looks like and I found this this website called Mquota, M-O-Q-U-O-D-A, and they talked about building a multifaceted um, publishing company, and that's essentially what I'm doing, dude. Membership sites, physical products, digital products, courses, all this stuff, eventually events, and and that's kind of our model, man. Um, Amazing. But Amazing. eventually we want to build SaaS as well. Oh, but that's awesome. A while, but that's a while away, man. Like got to focus probably at least three years away. Awesome. I like that. That's fantastic. Um, dude, like, thank you so much. You've given so much value today. I'm so appreciative of your time. I just want to ask you like two very quick final questions. Number one, you've like, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about founder? I know that they can get a, a free copy of the magazine somewhere. Tell us where we can come and find you. 
Yeah, you can go to uh, founder, F-O-U-N-D-R, uh, mag.com forward slash Branson, um, where you can get just a free digital copy of the magazine. But depends when we look, you hear this, um, we might have flipped that over to the uh, free plus shipping Branson issue. Um, awesome. Well, if, yeah, you, so, if you have, Nathan, yeah. I'll make sure it's linked up on the show notes, which everyone will be able to go and get anyway. So they'll be able to get the links to that. Uh, from the show notes page anyway so we'll make sure they have that they can also find you on like facebook instagram everywhere right we'll have that linked up to your blog and things as well yeah sure thing yeah just at founder on all socials magic we'll make sure people come and find you nathan and final question for you nathan it's just or i'll say it doesn't even have to be a question is what is your one piece of advice guidance quote anything that you'd like to leave with uh, the the audience with the entrepreneurs and the business owners that are listening. Um. Oh, um. I quite like the one that that kind of helped me. Um. I don't know. If it helped me kind of get to where I'm today. But it's something that I. It's one of my favourites that I've I've always thought about. Um. Whenever, you know, in my life, I you know there was things happening that that I didn't want to tolerate anymore. Whether that's working the job I hated or you know anything. Um, it was, it's one by Tony Robbins. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. Pretty simple one. Love it. Love that. Nathan, thank you so much for your time today. I've had a great time chatting with you. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed it as well, but thank you so much, dude. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, man. Absolute pleasure, bro. Thank you very much. And we look forward to uh, speaking to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Ciao, bro. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to the Entrepreneur Playbook podcast. I hope you are loving it. If you'd like to come and hang out with other entrepreneurs, other business owners in our Facebook group, then just head on over to level10living.co.uk forward slash playbook and that will take you straight to our Facebook group. And if you really want to take your business to that next level, if you want to build an audience of people who absolutely love you, who are raving fans and buy everything that you put out, then you're going to need to get Russell Brunson's new book, Expert Secrets. And you can get a free copy just by going to level10living.co.uk forward slash expert, that's E-X-P-E-R-T, and go and grab your free copy right now. You're going to love it. And if you're loving the show and getting value from it, then what I would love for you to do is head on over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. In fact, whatever you listen on, leave me a rating and review and that would mean the world to me. So thank you for everyone who does that. And also make sure that you never miss an episode again. Make sure that you subscribe to the show uh, wherever you are listening to it. And remember, in the words of Marianne Williamson, playing small does not serve the world. And so for me, that means leveling up in all areas of our lives. All the best. Bye.